Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Steve Najat. Of course, on Tuesdays, I am paired with Meg Schaub. We're looking at Week 10. We're going to take a quick look back at Week 9 at the end of the show. Meg, how's it going? I'm doing well, Sia. Um, had a decent week, and uh, I, I, we just talked about it. Can't believe it's already Week 10. And ready to dive in and talk about some Week 10 action. Yeah, speaking of decent week, so... I, I guess my week was decent. I mean, let's be real honest. I went in on Mac Jones stacks. I, I told you I was going to crash and burn with him or I was going to be really successful. I had a lineup with Sam Howell, so that kind of helped. And I did some of the afternoon slate, which, again, I keep stressing, mm-hmm. break up your slates if you can, just get some differentiation. Uh, and I did pretty well in the afternoon slate. We're going to look at one. of. I mean, it wasn't a great lineup, but it was a lineup that won some money. So we're going to look at the end of the show at one of my afternoon slate lineups, which, again, I, I think, again, in, in this 10-game slate for Week 10, you should be doing early slate, afternoon slate, and main slate. That's just Definitely. my opinion. Main slate, I didn't do very well for obvious reasons. Again, in tournament play, it, you're going for the win, right? So if I'm going to have some Mac Jones to DeMario Douglas lineups and it doesn't work out, I'm probably not going to have a great week. Alternatively, if it does work out, um, that's a stack that not everybody's going to have, so I'm going to vault up the board. So let's look ahead uh, to Week 10. Everybody, thank you for joining us in the chat. Uh, some some real love here from Tano 82 um, Austin in the chat. Appreciate you, Zachary, in the chat. Hit the like button if you can. Go review the podcast and all of that stuff. By the way, the FFT DFS link will be in the chat description. It's also going to be in the YouTube and the podcast description. Uh, $5 contest. It's already live. Meg, before we get to the high totals, I just want to point out the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles are on by. Mm-hmm. And the Colts and the Patriots are playing in Germany. That's the 930 game. So we have a lot of like top teams in terms of DFS I don't, I don't want to say value, but some of these heavy hitters in DFS, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Eagles. Like, let me say that mm-hmm. again. Like, they're not on this slate. So this is a very interesting 10-game slate. Some of the higher totals, Texans, Bengals, 46 and a half, 49ers, Jaguars, 45, Lions, Chargers, 48 and a half. I mean, that's that's a game I'm really going to like. And Commanders traveling to Seattle, 45 and a half. Those are just some of the, the totals that are 45 or above. Any of those four games sticking out to you, Meg? I think the two that stick out the most are kind of the probably what's going to be obvious to most people. And that's the Lions Chargers is the big one for me. And also the Texans Bengals. I mean, my goodness, what CJ Stroud did last week was amazing. Um, So I think those are my two favorite. But I do think the uh, Commanders Seahawks could be 
sneaky at this point we'll see ownership at the end of the week but i think that maybe will go under the radar comparatively and i still like that game a lot especially maybe if you want to get different in the 4 p.m only window and play that stack up that game more so i like that game a lot too okay yeah i mean i i think from a cash game standpoint i can tell you right now like without even like having made a lineup yet i think amon ra and Goff are going to be uh staples in my cash game lineup mm-hmm. i just i i think the value on that stack is pretty tremendous. I mean, obviously you can go uh, to other games too, but I, I just think against the Chargers pass defense in particular, uh, I don't think golf is going to have much resistance there. So uh, let's take a look at QBs real quick. We'll, we'll put that up and listen, I mean, at the top of the board, we have some quarterbacks that we kind of just addressed in, in that Meg, we talked about some of the games that, that have those higher totals at the top of the board here. Are there a few quarterbacks that you really like? I mean, we always like Lamar, but that's I think that Cleveland Baltimore is going to be an AFC just slugfest. So yes. the four quarterbacks I like the most at the top are for the quarterbacks in two of the games we talked about. And that's, of course, Herbert and Goff in, in the Chargers-Lions game and Stroud and Burrow in the Houston-Cincinnati game. So, you know, kind of especially in the, given the nature of scoring being down this, this year, I kind of gravitate to those higher scoring games. And those are mm-hmm. the four that I like the most at the top. Yeah, I have a feeling maybe when we get when we touch on the tight ends, maybe Laporta is going to come up too. I mean, I, I just think this is going to be a really popular game. So you got to figure out what pieces you want, how you're going to get different, and you don't necessarily have to get different with the main components of your lineup. You just, in other words, you could take a chalky. Let's say if it ends up being chalky, golf Amon Ross St. Brown, and you run it back with I don't know. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Keenan Allen as opposed to Austin Eckler. Um, that's going to be pretty chalky, but that's okay. Like you can do that as long as you get different somewhere else. So it's something to keep in mind. I like those guys at the top of the board too. I mean, Herbert, uh, Stroud, Burrow. I think Stroud's going to have some problems in Cincinnati. I don't, I don't have the expectation that he's going to go right. on the road against a Luana Rumo defense and just like sling it like he did last week. I mean, I think that's within the range of outcomes, but I'll tell you right now, I'm probably going to be fading CJ Stroud. So at the top of the board, it's Herbert, it's Burrow, and it's probably Goff here at 6,400. As we right. move down the board, Meg, sure. there are some quarterbacks I kind of like. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Sam Howell, Geno Smith, Taylor Heineke. I don't know how much of, of those guys I'm getting. Of those four that I just mentioned, I think it's probably Sam Howell mm-hmm. that I like the most. Um, do you like anybody in the middle tier maybe going down a little bit? I like, uh, as I mentioned, that I like the Commanders Seattle game a lot. I like both of those quarterbacks a lot. Obviously, you know, it didn't totally work out for Mac Jones, but you do want to target quarterbacks against against Washington. And so I think Geno's in play. And how is throwing? I, I mean, pretty much most of the games, I think he's thrown more 40 pass attempts or more. So he is mm-hmm. just throwing at a just a, such a high clip that if the touchdown variance breaks and he gets two, three, four touchdowns, you know, at that price. And then I think he's probably going to come under own too. I just think there's a lot of value there. So how and Gino are my favorite in the midsection. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Are you even considering anybody in the lower tier, whether that be like a Taylor Heineke or somebody else? I am. I would say the the ones I'm considering, the, I mean, I think you could make a case for like a Baker or a Levis, but I think the one that sticks out the, to most, the most to me is Heineke going up against that Cardinals defense. The matchups there, you know, he didn't get there as far as like a, a fantasy day, but he still throw through for, I believe, over 250 yards last week. So I do think, you know, he, he, he again, he plays like every game's his last. And, and um, so you can always count on him to run a little, you know, 
sling it. And and I think he's just a live quarterback that is, that is a uh, very, very someone you'd want to target, especially in a, a great matchup like against Arizona. Yeah, I agree. At 5,100, it's hard to look away from Taylor Heineke. Like, again, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of Taylor Heineke I'm getting. Maybe uh, when Mike joins me for the game-by-game preview, he can shed some light. As everybody knows, if you watch our game-by-game preview, Meg, of course, you know this. Mm-hmm. He gives out not only his cheat sheet, but his top three at each position. This is after we go through each and every game and his favorite plays in each game. But I wonder if Taylor Heineke is going to make his top three. I doubt it is, but it might be on the fringe on the outside looking right. in. So I'm, I'm really curious to to see that. All right, let's move over to running backs. Um, but before we do that, we're going to take a break and hear a message from our partners. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. So Uwe2K is in the chat again. He says he almost won the RFFT DFS contest. He slipped a little bit, and he says to himself, I should have late swap. So that's really an interesting comment. I haven't looked at your lineup, Uwe2, but um, yeah, late swap's pretty important. So, I mean, depending on the circumstances, you were obviously doing really well, so maybe you had uh, you, you had some outs to, to finish strong. But don't forget about late swap, especially if you're struggling on the 1 o'clock games in the main slate. Get off some of the chalk in the four o'clock games and just try to differentiate your lineup. So if, if you spike with one of those guys that you swapped onto because your lineup wasn't doing well, all of a sudden you can really play catch up and potentially cash in some of those tournaments. Um, you know, one person we forgot to bring up was Brock Purdy uh, mm-hmm. in the quarterback section. So I want to ask you, obviously he's facing Jacksonville. They're coming off a bye. The team's likely to be a little bit more healthy. We'll have to monitor guys like Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, but I don't have a problem with Brock Purdy. I'm sorry I didn't bring him up. Uh, Meg, are you considering Purdy on this on this slate? I am, and when I saw that in the chat, I was kicking myself for not bringing him up mm-hmm. as well. So yes, I am interested in Brock Purdy because I do think, you know, after the past couple of weeks before his buy that he didn't perform as well. So maybe he goes overlooked. And then with, again, the potential, if he gets both Trent Williams and Debo back, I think there is potential for that, especially I I know Debo was at least out of practice Monday. So pay attention and monitor that. And especially if one or both of them are back, I have a lot of interest in Purdy as well. Yeah, it's especially interesting to see him at 5,700 below guys like Sam Howell, Derek Carr. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that is a very curious price. So, yeah, thank you for I actually had him on my list and I forgot to bring him up. So, thank you for the chat, Same. always helping us out. I mean, that's part of the reason, Meg, I tweet out, hey, if you have a play, jump in the chat and let us know because sometimes we just overlook guys. And so, Brock Purdy, I think, is a great play. Honestly, I think you can pair him with Christian McCaffrey, which we'll go to the running backs exactly. right now. Christian McCaffrey, 9,200. Like, this is one of those quarterback running back situations where it could really get you there and you could get all the San Francisco points. Now, granted, Jacksonville's been a somewhat formidable defense, but the Niners coming off a bye, I don't mind playing the pieces in that in that Niners offense, including McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. As I look down, obviously, Austin Eckler's right, be- right below Christian McCaffrey at 8,400. I mean, I obviously don't mind that at all. Eckler between the tackles, 
not much to talk about there, but in the passing game, like I don't think I'm going to get to Eckler if I'm being honest. I think I'm going to defer to Keenan Allen as the run back in that stack, but I don't have a problem with Austin Eckler at all. At the top of this board, though, other than those first two, I don't love a lot up here. I mean, we're looking at Saquon Barkley with no quarterback. We're looking at Alvin Kamara, who's kind of hit or miss, playing at Minnesota, which isn't the greatest matchup of all time. Derrick Henry with Will Levis at, at quarterback. They're on the road. Pollard hasn't done much. Etienne, like at 7,100 against San Francisco's front four, not really interested. Is there anybody you're interested in here other than the two I brought up, Meg? At the very top, no. I, I think I'm going to be looking to pay down more at running back, and we'll see why when we get yeah. into receivers. But um, McCaffrey would be the one exception that I would make. And yes, with or without Purdy, I think McCaffrey is in play and a great play this week. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of those pay down options before we get to receiver, because when I get to this 6200 range, I all of a sudden have a little bit of interest in guys like Joe Mixon, who I think, you know, listen, Cincinnati's at home against Houston. It's not exactly a super tough matchup. And even though Mixon has been inefficient on the front end of the season, A, he's getting a lot of work and B, he's been more efficient over the last couple of games. So I think 6200 is a pretty great value. I mean, I, I certainly don't think he's priced out at, at that range. So as we scroll down, maybe 6200 and below. Uh, any anybody you like there? Sure. And one that's slightly above 6,200 that I forgot to mention is pay attention to the Lions news with David Montgomery. Yeah. Two guys we were watching on coming back this week are David Montgomery and James Conner. James Conner's a little lower, but David Montgomery is one at, uh, I believe, 6,900 that I will be paying attention to injury reports. And so that's when I'm interested in the mid-range. I don't have a ton of interest in that, like, absolute mid-range outside of maybe James Conner, who's coming back, because as we know, it looks like Kyler Murray is coming back as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily interested in playing Kyler on his first week back, but it does make me like his weapons, including James Conner, a little bit better. So I have some interest there. And then I have some interest in some guys a little bit lower if I'm really looking to pay down at running back. Yeah, let's talk about that. I, I know there's a few guys that at least you have your eyes on as sort of pay down running back options, which again, on this slate, I think is the way to go and frankly i think that's exactly what mike mcclure is probably going to do that's usually his strategy as well how about a few pay down options at running back i think you could mention you know brian robinson still got a decent even though they they throw at a very high rate at washington that is they he also is you know a kind of their goal line guy and he still gets some passing down work as well a little bit i mean he mixes in with antonio gibson Najee harris yes these are all going to be guys that split work right that's why they're, mm -hmm. they're pay down options but if they are the ones that get the touchdowns if they you know break off a long run they're going to pay off that price so brian robinson's one Najee harris another one who's splitting work but another one that i like and, and looked good in his last um last week, last Thursday night. And then Tyler Algier, you know, unfortunately he and Bijan are really just splitting the work. So yeah, don't do like a Heineke stack. You could certainly kind of punt down to Tyler Algier because I think he's still getting, you know, 12 to 15 touches a game. And at that price, that, you know, is something, especially if he gets in the end zone, that could be really helpful. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting in that low 5k range, if you guess right, on who's getting the right end of the split. Like I see mm -hmm. like Jerome Ford and, and Kareem Hunt, which by right. the way, I'm not really trying to play them uh, at the Ravens, but you know, Jalen Warren is in that conversation too with Najee Harris, mm -hmm. right? Like Najee's a good right. play. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he could be a good play. I should say at 4,900. I mean, that's certainly good value. What's so interesting is that Warren is priced above him at 5,000 and he got, you know, 11, 12 carries. He had three receptions. So like either of these two guys against Green Bay, this game is at Pittsburgh, could have a good game. It's just a matter of guessing which one it is. I can say this. Warren looks way more explosive, just like coming out of just 
when he gets the ball, he doesn't dance. He's he's like a north-south runner, whereas Najee Harris usually kind of like dances a little bit, stutter steps, tries to find a hole. He's a hard runner, but I, I think if you guess right on one of those two, it could be a nice fantasy day. And maybe they're both their floors are are good. I think maybe that's an argument to play either of those guys, is that you know they're getting 10 to 12 carries, you know they're getting three to five targets. That might be the floor you're looking for with some upside in that 5K lower, like upper 4K range. Did we cover the running backs? I know it's Tuesday, but any other value running backs that we missed or did you cover them all? I think that's it for right now. Again, pay attention to injury reports because that's what opens up stuff for us, obviously. Absolutely. All right. We're going to touch on receivers and tight ends and and look back at a couple of lineups, including our FFT DFS winner. Uh, But first, we're going to take one last break and hear a message from our partners. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back on Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Thanks for joining us. We're moving over to uh, receivers. By the way, Uwe, is your, if you're asking, is White mispriced? I assume you're asking if Rashad White is mispriced, but I'm not 100% sure. So please care, clarify. We always like first and last names just so we don't have to consider uh, whether you're talking about somebody else. Uh, I don't think he's mispriced, by the way, uh, for the record. Um, Justin Jefferson's at the top. Well, that's sad. Uh, Keenan Allen is next. Keenan Allen at 8800 um, I don't have a huge problem with that. That that's a pretty big price there. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is certainly my favorite guy at 8,300 um, at the top of the board. I'm probably not getting much of CD Lamb, Meg, and that's because I don't think the Giants are really going to be able to push back. I, I think you could make the argument that CD Lamb is going to have a good game. The question becomes: Do you play him at 8,500, knowing that the second half they might just water it down a little bit? Maybe maybe Pollard gets his looks, but then you got to consider maybe Rico Dowdle gets his looks because this game could be a blowout. I mean, this line is is crazy. I think it was 15 and a half or something, 14 and a half last time I checked. So at the top of this board, you know, obviously Keenan Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross is going to be a staple in my cash games, however many I play. I'm looking, Meg, at DK Metcalf. You know, Seattle at home against Washington certainly seems like a great matchup. But I don't know how healthy DK Metcalf is. He hasn't really had a good game in a while. Tyler Lockett's in the conversation. Jackson Smith and Jigba way down the board, certainly in the conversation. Let's just t- focus on the top of the board. Any receivers, like, listen, Nico Collins at Cincinnati, 6,600. Not in love with the price there. They're away. Uh, you know, they're at Cincinnati. I'm not in love with the top of this board other than Amon Ra, maybe Keenan. How about you? I do like the two in the game again that we talked about that uh-huh. that we like the that I personally like the best and that's Detroit um, and chart versus Chargers and so I do like at the top the most I, I like Keenan Allen and Amon Ross St Brown that catch Keenan Allen made last night was just utterly amazing um, but I mean I do think you could make cases 
for some of these other guys. Mike Evans in a pass funnel against Tennessee. Brandon Ayuk watched, again, the Debo Samuel news. I do think the Seattle receivers are attractive against Washington. It's just which one is the right one for their price. Again, kind of like we talk about running backs in a timeshare. These three receivers, I think, are all viable and in play, but which one is going to get there at their price? I think one of them will against Washington. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you which one I'm on yet, but I'm considering all of the Seattle receivers for sure yeah and then of course nico collins and and higgins down a little bit lower in that high total game too for sure and i think we should monitor that that seattle situation like if if dk metcalf just sits out like a wednesday practice that's not a big deal because that veterans tend to do that but if we see some limited practices from some of these receivers again i think jackson jackson smith and jigba again that's sort of towards the bottom of the board is somebody that might have some value especially against washington to free up some money so you can play those high-end stacks. And uh, Uwe, he did clarify it is Rashad White, which, uh, of course, I guess that's the only White. I'm trying to trying to think. It's not Lendale White. Um, yeah, listen, is he mispriced? He's going to be so inefficient in the running game, so you're really leaning on the fact that he's going to get five to six catches and do a lot with that, which he did against Houston, but this is a little bit of a different ball game. I don't think he's mispriced. He might be maybe he might, at 5,800. Maybe Rashad White's underpriced by like a couple hundred bucks, but – he had a great game last week. He is getting all the usage in the backfield. So maybe that's just an argument for him being mispriced. But let me ask you before we move on with receiver real quick, Rashad White, yeah, you're an A at 5,800. I haven't played him yet this season and it hasn't yeah. really hurt me. <laughs> so yeah, last I'm week it hurt me a little bit. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. And it's so- funny. By the way, Meg, this is this is a little like a little bit of remorse on my part. I mentioned both on the Tuesday show and the Friday show, hey, a CJ Stroud st- stack. I don't want to be dismissive of that. Like, I'm not going to get there, but I, I kind of like it. And mm-hmm. I got there in one lineup, but it was stacked with like the wrong guys. Like it wasn't okay. Noah Brown. It wasn't, it wasn't Tank Dell. It was with Nico Collins. And so like I cashed that lineup, but you know, sometimes you, you say something on Tuesday and you don't fully buy into it on Sunday and it, and it can hurt you. So sometimes these Tuesday shows are, are what it's all about. Let's talk about maybe the mid tier. We brought up Nico Collins. Uh, Meg, anybody in the mid tier that you're looking at, um, maybe a T Higgins, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, any of those guys? Yeah, I was starting to get a little ahead of myself and going a little far there. But yes, I do like, again, uh, Nico Collins and T. Higgins in that, again, other high total game that we're interested in. We mentioned Lockett, uh, Seattle versus Washington. Um, I I do have some interest in like the you know, McLaurin will get to Dotson later. I think they didn't, their price didn't go up. And again, we talked about the pass volume for Washington. And one other one that I think will come under the radar is Ridley coming off a bye. He had a better game in mm-hmm. week eight. So it's a tough matchup against San Francisco. But again, if they kind of figure things out with him, and again, you're getting him at low ownership at that price, I don't mind that as well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I I think between Ridley and Kirk, I'm going to end up going with Christian Kirk, but we'll have more details on that um, in terms of the matchup as it relates to San Francisco on Friday uh, during the game-by-game preview. Yeah, I like some of those guys you mentioned for sure. I mean, I think in the low end, uh, and I know we haven't touched on that yet, but I think in the low end, I'm interested. You mentioned Dotson, Mm -hmm. uh, 5,000, so that's not super low, but certainly like that with with just a – the pass expectation when it comes to Sam Howe. I mentioned JSN. Noah Brown really hasn't been priced up. I mean, he is technically the third receiver right now, but he's getting a lot of looks. And I think at 3,700, his floor slash upside ceiling are are pretty good. Like, I think his floor is kind of low, actually, but his ceiling is pretty good. So in tournaments, I think Noah Brown's definitely in play at 3,700. Anybody sort of in the lower range that you like, Meg? Yes, and I you mentioned Dotson in that five thousand range. I think right around there. Also, I'd like to mention Marquise Brown 
with Kyler mm, Murray coming back is another another consideration. And then sure. lower down, boy, he has burned me all year long. Brandon Cooks, again, the game script's not going to be there. That's why I love Dak. I love C.D. Lamb. You could play Brandon Cooks at that price or Gallup at that price. But again, are, is there going to be any pushback? But if they are one of the ones that are responsible for getting there, right, then at that price, mm -hmm. that's, I think, viable. The other cheap options I would mention are Quentin Johnson in that high total game. He didn't get there last night, but I do think you could go back to him. And Brandon Powell, if Osborne is out for the Vikings, I think you could punt all the way down to Brandon Powell. Yeah, speaking of punting uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, Jalen Tol Tolbert got more looks than I thought he was going to. He only had five <laughs> targets, but he caught three of them. He had a touchdown. And honestly, like he was drafted pretty high by the Cowboys. I believe it was two years ago. It's possible that he's going to eventually emerge as, as sort of that the next guy up after CeeDee Lamb, after Jake Ferguson, who catches a lot of passes. Maybe he ends up galloping over Michael Gallup and Brandon Ooh. Cooks. I'm not saying it's like right now, but I mean, we might be seeing the beginnings of that. They clearly trusted him last week. So something to consider. All right, let's move on to tight ends real quick. Um, Listen, th there's a lot of guys at the top that I like. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to get over to Kittle, but Sam Laporta, I obviously love. Uh, Taysom Hill, we, we have to consider him. And honestly, I think in this particular game script at Minnesota, I think we could see a decent amount of Taysom Hill like we have the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dalton Schultz is interesting. Uh, Jake Ferguson, I just mentioned. Logan Thomas, always in play, in my opinion. And I mentioned this guy last week, and I only played him in one lineup. I'm so mad at myself. Kate Otten was 3000 last week. He's pretty cheap again this week. Um, he's a guy that I'm considering. Listen, he has he had touchdown equity last week, and he, he scored two of them. I'm not saying he's going to do it again, but somebody to consider in the low range. Who do you like at tight end? I All the guys you mentioned, I think, are very much in play. If I'm going to pay up, it would probably be Laporta. If I'm going to pay down, I, I'd say probably Logan Thomas in it just, again, the, the pass rate. But two other cheapies I'll throw out um, are either the Falcons, tight, I said receivers, but, you know, they kind of are receivers for the, the, sure. the Falcons more than tight ends in both Pitts, Kyle Pitts, and Jonu. I played Pitts last week. It was Jonu Smith who had a 20-point day. So I think either Pitts or Jonu against the Cardinals are very viable. And then on the other side of that game, McBride with Kyler Murray back is very yeah. viable in that game. Yeah, and I'll mention, and we can go ahead and bring up the FFT DFS contest winner now since we have a, a few minutes left, and then we'll look at one of my lineups. But um, I'll mention Irv Smith. He had four targets last night, and he caught three of them. He, he caught the first touchdown, if you had him as your first touchdown score. In, uh, was it last night or, or two nights ago where um, the Bengals, Bills? Sunday, night, right. Two nights ago, excuse me. Um, last night was a game I tried, I'm trying to forget, which is why I got the days confused. Uh, Chargers-Jets was just not – any Jets game is not a good game, as it turns out. But uh, Irv Smith at 2,700, uh, especially in a game where, where it has a high total and you're trying to get some salary relief here and there, I think you could, you could add Irv Smith to your lineup, whether that's in a Joe Burrow stack or not. So something to consider in the low end. I'm sure there's going to be some more low-end tight ends that we'll talk on the game-by-game -game preview. This is our FFT DFS contest winner. Um, McTire, 11. Good job here. Uh, he had the Giants defense, which was the only thing that really didn't help him out. Listen, that made sense. When when Daniel Jones tore his ACL, that really, like, they were going to really fall off. But they were getting crushed anyway by the Raiders, if I'm being honest. But I understand why you would play the Giants at 2,300. I certainly did that as well. Uh, but Dak Prescott... 
to Noah. Oh, excuse me. Noah Brown. He used to be on the Cowboys uh, to CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson. That was his stack. Uh, he has Noah Brown in this lineup, which was huge. 5% ownership, which is actually higher than I would have thought. Uh, Jahan Dotson uh, at 5,000. And, and one of the viewers asked me, the podcast listeners asked me to say the score of this lineup. So I'm going to do that now. 197.16 points. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I liked that play. Didn't really get there, but it wasn't bad. And of course, he has Rashad White, which we just brought up. 27.9 points. Love that. So again, Prescott to CeeDee Lamb and Ferguson, the double stack. Um, he has AJ Brown in this lineup as the run back, uh, really good lineup, uh, from McTire 11. So, um, not super, um, high level construction, right? Like that there was nothing in there that like people that are listening right now couldn't do. He just happened to land on the right people. And for the record had a terrible defense, just like my lineup. This is an afternoon only lineup and I'm showing it for one reason. So this lineup actually won hundred bucks. It was a $50 entry if I'm being honest. So I only doubled up here, but the reason this very substandard lineup ended up cashing was for what we talked about last week, specifically on Friday. I've even posted that clip. Contest selection is really, really important. This tournament that I was in, $50 single entry, only had 340 people in it, Meg. And what does that mean? It means I don't have to be perfect. In fact, I can be average. And even in a tournament, this is not a cash game, even in a tournament, I can cash because I had Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb. Everything else is pretty kind of whatever, right? I've got Josh Jacobs, which is fine. Daniel Bellinger, which is fine, gave me salary relief. Jonathan Taylor, which is fine. Chuba Hubbard, which is not really that great at all. A.J. Brown, which is fine. Like only two fire emojis. I have two of the snowflakes, uh, Michael Gallup and, and Giants D. But this in a 340, contest, 340 entry contest ended up cashing. So, Meg, my whole point in bringing this up, of course, and, and I'll take your response before we get out of here is, contest selection you don't always just because you're in a single entry if you're in a single entry with 19,000 people good luck to you you still have to be kind of like close to perfect if you're in a single entry with 9,000 people you got to be near perfect 5,000 you got to be like very very good this is an average lineup and I doubled my money in a tournament because I chose a, a contest with 340 people in it in the afternoon slate 143 points what do you think First of all, I yeah, I love your lineup because the lineups I did well with were DAC lineups last week, and I am in lockstep with you. Um, I, first of all, I like the early only afternoon and only two to diversify, but I also love the single entry three max in the smaller field because of what you just said. You don't have to be perfect. That's why I didn't even know about Rashad White going off because I didn't have, you know, you don't have to yeah. be perfect. And I did, I did well kind of doubling up or more than doubling up because I was in those type of field contests. So yeah, I'm very much this year we've talked about it a lot in the past yeah but very much playing single entry three max smaller field and i that is very helpful to my bank run overall strategy all right well that's our show fantasy football today dfs we'll see you again on friday on behalf of meg shout my name is c and and this is fantasy football today mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts